welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 21. This is part two of our conversation on sacrificial giving with my pastor, Baron Longstreth of The Church Today Tulsa. We hope you enjoyed part one. If you haven't heard that one yet, I encourage you to go back and listen. We covered the difference in tithing and giving and the importance of giving out of obedience to the voice of God and not just as an emotional reaction or for fear of what others will think. Here in part two, we talk more about listening to the voice of God and how to guard against the teachings of prosperity doctrine. We also share a tradition that we have at the Church Today Tulsa, our statement of faith that we pray together as a congregation before we give. And we hear from you stories of hearing God's voice, obeying His call to give, and reaping the blessings of God that He has poured out on you when you've been obedient. I hope you love this episode. We enjoyed compiling all of these stories for you. Listen in and be blessed and encouraged today. Jessica, how how often have I seen and probably most of us seen the challenge of wondering where God is? Like we've seen it. I've counseled people. It's like, I've been faithful to him, pastor. And I've been faithful in giving. I've been faithful in sacrificing. And well, who am I to argue at that point and say, well, yeah, but, uh, you, you know, I'm not going to, you know, kick a horse or whatever. It's down. I'm just not going to. Well, was it all, did you respond obediently? Mm-hmm. Or did, was, you, 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 you see, it's like, and now we get ourselves in a place where it's like, I'm, uh, my frailty now is just, I can't, I, I, I tried it. It didn't work. And God doesn't want that. You know, I'm not trying to play soft Christian here, but God doesn't want that. That, that's not the way that God works. He increases our faith. You know, he adds to our faith. And that's his desire is to add to our faith and or like be faithful in the small things. The first time I ever was faced was during Mark Conference in Indianapolis. And I was just turned 19. And I was sitting in the upper balcony when I went to IBC. And the, the call went out for um, forgiving and you know, who can give a hundred? And I'm like, Oh no, I only have 20 bucks like to my, to my usable name. <laughs> and I didn't get paid till next week. And, and so I'm like, I got nothing to get. I can't give that amount. And I felt this overwhelming urge to give $20. And so they went around and finally said, is there anybody that would want to give 20 bucks? And I'm up in the upper balcony, like almost in the nosebleeds. And I stand up and I raise my hand and they pointed at me and I don't even know how they saw me because there's a bunch of people standing. They pointed at me and they said, we got, we got 20 up there. And when the offering plate came around, I put my 20 bucks in and realizing I didn't have anything like, 
there it is, you know, I'm done. I'm done for the week. No food, no snacks, nothing. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was going to starve to death, but still, it was like, yeah, it was it. That's all I had. And um, after service, uh, the visiting minister, my roommate went to his church and the guy gave him five uh, twenties and he was walking by me like 20 minutes later and he was walking by me and he passed me, he said, Hey, Longstreth, they'll call me Longstreth, Longstreth. I turned around. He's like, bro, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to give you 20 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. He's like, my pastor just gave me a hundred and here I'm supposed to give you 20 bucks. And it's, that was my first taste of like what obedience really sounds like. And, and God, I mean, he hasn't done that all the time. Like, he doesn't just repay me. You know, I give 500, he gives me 500. It doesn't work like that. But, but what I'm saying is, is when I'm obedient to the Lord, right. And I, I can do what God wants me to do, how he wants me to do it. And, and God will supply me with the faith to be able to take a larger step following that and a larger step and a larger step. And Man, I'm telling you that this is what we've seen here locally. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of blessings that have taken place and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sacrifice have taken place over the last 13 years. It, it gets me excited because it's so it's like you can't argue with with these these stories of the way God honors your obedience. And people who have never experienced it or who have never learned about this, they probably would think that you're crazy, but you've seen it. I've seen it. You know, the stories are endless. The stories really are endless, but today we want to share a few of yours. Thanks to everyone who sent your story to us. If you don't hear it here, be watching our social media channels this week. The ones we couldn't fit in the episode will be shared over there. I know these clips are going to boost your faith today. We never give to receive, but when we give in obedience to the Lord, He always gives back to us so much more. I needed to share how when my husband was a student teacher, not making any money, we made the decision to continue to tithe. And that was very difficult, living on one salary. And when you're living literally paycheck to paycheck and probably think to yourself, like, I can be using this money for other things, but it was a sacrifice. And God honored our sacrifice. And my husband was granted a tenure track position. And I know that the Lord opened the door for that. And our obedience in giving and sacrifice and in worship to him was a result of that obedience. A few years ago, I was in a service out of town and they had an evangelist there that they asked for special offering. And Lynn and I were deciding whether or not we could do that. And so we gave them an offering, a little more than we would expect it to give, but we gave it. So I just go back home, don't think much more about it. And it comes to time for my yearly review that I do, not they, they don't do, I do. It's just kind of like all these years I've had to instigate it. And for a number of years, I had been on a $1,500 a month draw, which means whatever I sold, they took that away from me. And I thought, 
you know, I'm just going to see if they'll let me have all of that and not take it away anymore. So I go into my boss and I say, this is what I'd like. And he said, okay, we'll talk about it. I called Lynn and I said, I don't think they're going to do this. There's no way they've ever, you know, they're going to give away. And they came back and gave me every bit of that, which was the equivalent to $18,000 a year raise. Each month I get paid three times what I gave in that offering. That is a miracle. January 2019, I was asked to preach in a small town in South Arkansas for Martin Luther King celebration. And as I was preaching, unbeknownst to me, there was a person there that was uh, one of the lead missionaries in the Pentecostal Church in the South America, Caribbean region. And as he heard me preach at the service, he came to me and said to George, he said, I would like you to preach. Caribbean conference this year, which will be held in Curacao. I was, I was like, wow, man, what? This is exciting. So you, you sure you just met me? We just met. He said, no, I just really feel that you're the guy. And I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, this would be great. We'll go. And I'm saying, man, this is awesome. And he went another way direction. I went a direction. And came back a few moments later, and he said, hey, just, just to let you know, uh, this is a missionary deal. You have to pay your own way, airline tickets, hotel, everything. It's all of you. And I thought to myself, what have I gotten myself into? And so I was like, okay, all right, we'll figure it out. And so I, I got that home. I began to look at airline tickets, secure style. It would be held at a resort because there's not many places to stay on the island of Curacao. Anyway, so the trip for my wife and I said, really wanted Connie to come with me for both of us was going to be right about $4,800. And I was like, oh, this is not in our budget. So, you know, we figured out $4,800 wasn't in our budget to do, but whatever your hands trying to do, you do it all your might. So much is given, much is required. Those are coming some of our, kind of our, our mantras and our family. And so we said, God, we're going to make this happen one way or another. Well, unbeknownst to me, when we, we did a refinance on our house a couple of years earlier, not knowing that we had overpaid a VA funding fee. Well, our VA funding fee that the government owed us was right at $6,000. So I get a check in the mail. I thought it was a hoax. I was like, what is this? $6,000? And called the VA. They said, yeah, here's what's going on. And this is your return of your uh, funding fee. And that $6,000 more than paid for the trip and gave us spending money. And so that's one example of how God has blessed us with our giving and that he made it away. It's like he stored it up just at the right time and released it to the right time for us. General conference time was approaching. At the time, I was working in customer service, sales, and was saving money to be able to pay for my hotel room and meals while at conference. The Sunday before we were to leave, a need arose in the lives of a sweet older couple in our church. It was a considerable amount of money that was needed. What I had saved for my trip did not even make a dent in it. Yet, I felt impressed to give all of what I had saved. Lord, are you sure? I even felt it stronger. So I gave it all. 
I went to conference, putting my hotel on a credit card and had enough cash for meals. At the end of the month, when the sales report came out, my sales incentive payout was exactly the amount I had saved and donated to the need in our church family. That is when I learned to never question when I feel that nudge from the Lord to give. So taking a step back into the the more practical questions that people have about giving, it's one thing when we're in a service and we're going to give to our church that we know and we trust, or we're going to give to like a corporate offering, like you were saying, move the mission or something like that. But what if it's a call from God to give to a a person, an individual person, or maybe a cause or a program that we're not as familiar with? Is there some like measure of due diligence we need to do about what's going to happen with our money? Or is that kind of beside the point? Is the point just like, if we feel led to give it, we should give it? You, you know, there's probably arguments on both sides. Um, I've got uh, great friends that, um, you know, may be more passionate than I am about how the money is being used. And again, am I, you know, the question then to me is like, am I a good steward if I give and there's a question there of like how the money is being used or whatever? And and so, yeah, I, I think there's argument and probably very credible evidence there but the way that I have lived and the way that we execute here is the, the obedience to give. I don't judge past the obedience. Hmm. My judgment stops right there. So when, when I obey God, it's like, I, it, I'm done. It's, it's over. And although I believe that every cause, especially out, outside causes, they, um, you know, there, there needs to be some form of oversight to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in that, but ultimately, um, especially because we are a part of a great organization, I'm sure if I started dissecting stuff, I would probably say, you know what? I, I don't know if I would do that there. I probably wouldn't do that there. And I think it would be better if this went here or whatever. Uh, but, but, but I, I don't sacrificially give, um, with an expectation to be able to have, a say and what takes and then Lord, how much do I give? And I feel like you want me to give. And so what do I give responsibly? Um, but if it's by faith, let me walk that way. And I think we we've got to get to a place if we're not careful, Jessica, I believe if we get emotionally involved in this kind of stuff. And I think there's a reason why Jesus talks so much about money um, because it, it has a place, a close place in our heart. And that's why he described it that way. There's this treasure heart connection. And if we're not careful, because there is such a connection there, we, we have the opportunity to lose faith or, or start to, you know, the credibility drops. And, and then what does that do for us? And then the next time that God requires us to give, are we listening? And I just try to negate all that by saying, you know what? God told me to give. And I'm not going to judge beyond my obedience. I'm going to stop right there and just move on to the next opportunity. And then I start investing in, um, you know, the opportunity to say, okay, God, how, how are you going to, you know, how's the fruit going to be produced? And I just allow myself to focus elsewhere because I could probably get caught up on that very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my opinion's pretty strong <laughs> and I know my humanity. So I think it's probably best just to live by that motto for me and my house is like, we don't judge it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if we give it, it's given. And I pray that they'll use the same ethics and codes of conduct that we try to use here at the church today. And then I let God deal with the rest of it. And I mm-hmm. think that's his business beyond that point. Yeah, that's kind of the same philosophy. Again, I'm bringing up my dad because he's someone that I've watched kind of live some of this out over the course of my life. I can just remember times of getting a call at the church or even you just see somebody on the street, you know, who's asking you for money. And there's always that question in the back of your mind, like, what do you want this for? And is it is, should I be giving you money and then not knowing what you're going to do with it? And in times where, you know, you feel like you got duped and you gave something to somebody and then you kind of just can tell that it's not going to actually, you know, feed their children or whatever. And I just remember my dad saying, you know, like, it's, it's not about that. It's about whether or not I was willing to be generous, whether or not I was willing to give. And Jesus said, if we've done it to the least of these, we've done it to him. So I'm just going to say that was, that was money I gave to you, Jesus, and, (laughs) and take it from there. So I think that's, it's, you're right, because we do get so wrapped up Money is so tied into our security and our sense of identity and all of these things that it can get really tricky. But if we can let it go and just say, I'm going to do what God asked me to do, then we're going to see more joy and more peace around it in the long run. You're right. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, I I am either serving God or I'm serving man and I, I just have to serve him. And I. I can't add any weight, right? I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be dropping weight, not putting it on, Mm -hmm. right? I'm I'm trying to run this race. We all are. And uh, we want to have notable causes. And I think that might be what we struggle with. It's like, was that a notable cause? I mean, Mm -hmm. who are we to say that wasn't a great investment? Mm -hmm. How how can you dictate that? Can you see 20 years in the future? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe the sum total of your, you know, quote unquote, $500 wasn't utilized uh, the way that you would have liked it to be utilized. In fact, 350 went here when it probably should have went there. But who's to say that that small sack that you presented to the Lord of five loaves and two fish, right? How, mm-hmm. how do we dictate? We can't. And so it's like, God told me to give it. I give it. And he's going to honor it and bless it. And it's it's up to him. And, you know, I can't see that far into the future. So I'm just going to. I'm going to focus on what I need to focus on right here. Yeah, that's good. All right. So here's a question I have for you that I have wondered about since we came to the church today. And even before when we used to visit, you have a statement of faith that you have the church recite sometimes, not not all the time, but before we receive an offering. And I am just fascinated by this. And stand together upon the authority of your word. I have given and it shall be given to me. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. I am a tither and a giver and I bring my tithe and my offering into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out such a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. What do we get? Say it. That's right. Raises and bonuses, sales and commission, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. I love this one. My whole family saved and walking with God, perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. And I am blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. And what all that I do will prosper. 
I'd love to hear kind of the story about how you came up with that, how you adopted it, and and kind of what it means to you and to the church. Yeah, so it, the, the statement, and that's what we call it, a statement of faith. It's um, not to be confused with um, this desire to operate in some kind of doctrine of prosperity or whatever. This is simply a corporate prayer. In fact, if I would have named it, you said it right. We didn't come up with it. We adopted it. Now we changed some of the bridge of it. We felt like better reflected uh, the church today and some of the biblical principles there. Uh, but we adopted it. I heard it. Uh, a lot of people disagreed with it. Um, this is, you know, giving people false hope and, you know, you're not doing anything but chanting prosperity to the congregation. And, but rather, here's, here's the way that I saw it. Uh, I saw it as an opportunity for the entire body to join together in a prayer that was biblically sound, did not violate any principles in the word of the Lord, not a single one. Even the line upon line didn't violate any principles. And so as opposed to one man getting up there why everybody else fishes around in their pockets or, you know what I mean? Picks their mm-hmm. kid up so they're not the one that's, what, whatever. It's, it literally is a place we worship God or trying to collectively, right? That's the reason why we come into a corporate setting. And to me, it's like, why have one man pray when the entire church is able out loud together, pray one solitary prayer? So if I would have named it, it would it wouldn't have been a statement of faith. It would have been a prayer of faith. Hmm. We are literally just praying, God, would you allow what we give and our obedience to that to be blessed? And here's the way that we see it. We see blessings coming in these forms, whether it's jobs, when he and so, I have I'm telling you, just better jobs take place. Am I saying it's a direct result of that prayer? I'm not saying that. I'm also saying this is that when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I have adopted this prayer as a prayer. When I give to the Lord, I say it. Even when we don't say it corporately, I say it for a job because I need a better job. Mm. And, I, and I know what that individual, we don't, I, I don't have a financial statement that's given to me. Some pastors like it every month. I don't like that. I just give it to me once a quarter, maybe once a year or twice a year, rather. I want to see what's going on. Um, but I know that they're faithful. They're very faithful, uh, but they're struggling and they're good stewards. But it's just, you know, the, the life and inflation and whatever else. And, and all of a sudden, it's like a better job arises and they feel like they ought to take it. And they take it and they come to me and say, Pastor, I've been praying jobs and better jobs. And, and to me, this, this is an opportunity when we do this, this is an opportunity for the entire body to come together as a chorus, if you would. Like a, it's a choir, rather. It's a, the entire body. And we are literally with one voice saying, we believe in the biblical principles of the word of the Lord. That's why we do what we do, Jessica. And I, and I, I tell you, I wouldn't, it, it has built so much camaraderie and faith within the congregation. It puts us into a position where there is a, there's solidarity of, of mindsets. Not, we're not scattered. We're now we're focused. And we're together and there's a focus on giving. And, uh, you know, we don't say it as often as we, as we did. In fact, I miss it, to be honest with you. Um, because it was just at times, like the congregation's coming together and, and we're, we're, we're praying out loud, you know, from the smallest child, Jude could recite it all the way up to the elders in the church. 
Um, and some people are going to disagree and we understand that and they have the right for that position, but we're just trying to pray together out loud as opposed to one man telling a story about a blessing that happened at Walmart. And then, you know, you, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. whatever, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But, but to me, it's like, we, we don't get a lot of opportunities to talk about giving. And in fact, if you talk about giving too much, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would, what, how would have Jesus been thought about today in the 21st century? Like, you know, my goodness, all he does is talk about giving, 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 giving. Um, he didn't need their money, but he knew that they needed uh, him to speak about it. And it's like sometimes the church, not just the church today, but the church in general um, can get a, uh, a reputation if there's too much focus on, hey, we need this, we need that, we need this, and we want to give here and give this and that. And you've heard it and I've heard it and everybody's heard it. And, um, but rather, we have just said, listen, we're going to come together as a congregation and we're going we're gonna to say this statement of faith together, this prayer of faith. And we're going to pray together and we're just going to give and, man, we're in a time of worship. That's why we did what we did. And uh, to be honest, I miss it. And the thing about it that I loved is you list in the statement of faith, we list off all of these ways that we believe we're going to see the blessings of God. And to me, what it's done for us is kind of opened our eyes in the day to day to see whenever something happens, that that wasn't just a coincidence or an accident or a fluke, that that was a direct result of us obeying God by giving and of our faith to believe that he's going to bless. So you you have phrases in there about rebates and rewards and gifts and surprises. And, right. and you know, a lot of times you might, you might receive something like that and not ever connect it back to God is blessing me. And I just think it's so fun because it puts you in an, in an air of expectation, not just that God's going to give you things, but an air of expectation to be looking for the ways that God is working in your life, whether tangibly or intangibly. And you're right, it builds faith and it builds that community feeling of, you know, we're believing this and I'm believing it for you and I'm believing it for me. And so whenever, you know, you get a raise, then I'm excited because we all prayed for that together and we all believed for that together. And I don't know, I just, I'm with you. I miss it. Right. Well, we'll have to remedy that <laughs> and and have it. But you're so, Jessica, you're so right. It's like, do, you know, do we celebrate with people? you know, it's the biblical principle. Do we cry when they're crying? Do we rejoice when they're rejoicing? And this is a very visible statement. Uh, years ago, the Lord told us to give. He told us to give. And he, he specifically answered my question when I said, how do we never struggle with money? This was before we, we started the church. I said, Lord, how do we never struggle with money? I know there's, there's going to be challenges, but I'm talking about struggle. Like we can't make ends meet. And, I mean, we're a church plant. We've got nothing. We've got no building. We've got no tithing coming in. And the Lord said one word and he said, give. And that term give is found the first time it's ever seen, at least in the King James Version, is in the book of Genesis during the moments of creation. And that's the first time talks about the uh, the celestial stars, I believe, that they're giving light or the moon is giving light. It's some kind of celestial body is giving light and it's shining on the earth. And but but what the Lord revealed to me way back then is that giving is a part of creation. Giving has supernatural elements to it. And if we allow the Lord to to do what he wants to do with our giving and and this 
giving this opportunity to step into that place of faith. And I'm rejoicing when you guys get a raise or a bonus or a check in the mail, it increases my faith. That's mm-hmm. supernatural. That's miraculous. Uh, we, uh, Jessica, I could tell you a story about when the Lord told us to give. I'm sitting at the table and my wife, we had, I had just went full time with this church and I took a $40,000 pay cut to go full time. And it adjusted our whole life, but I knew it was right. And the following year, um, like six months later, the Lord told me to give. And, and I said, Ray, we're supposed to give. We don't have that to give. I said, I know that, but the Lord told me to give. And she said, Baron, we will be in the red. I said, I don't know. We're crying at the table. Why God wants us, but told me we have to give. And so we're both crying and we write the check out. And I'm thinking, I'm going to ruin us financially or whatever. But God told us to give. And I got an invite to preach at a church down south. And I went to that church and I preached in that church. And they've got these big name preachers. And this guy bites me in. And I preach on a Tuesday night. And here's what he says. I have never once in my lifetime taken an offering during this conference. Never. But the Lord told me to take up an offering for you. And he says this to the congregation. And I'm not ashamed of this. I'm praying for people in the altar after I preach to get the Holy Ghost. And people are coming. And I have one hand on a forehead and my other hand's loose. And they're shoving checks and and cash in my hands while I'm laying hands on people. And I'm shoving it in my suit coat. It's like, it's almost like a bother. Like we're praying people through the Holy Ghost. Like just, <laughs> ah. um, but afterward, I, I'm like, bro, I got a pocket full of checks and I, I, who knows? He's like, it's all yours. It's all yours. Well, my wife and I go and uh, to the hotel room and I'm like pulling cash. It, it's almost embarrassing and because this is not my personality and I'm pulling stuff and we're putting it on the bed and, and it's uncomfortable. And anyway, he comes to the hotel and I meet him down in the lobby. He's like, Hey, this is what came in for you tonight. And this is the blessings of the Lord. And we calculated all that up. Now, mind you, this is a, a, month after the Lord told us to give. So I'm off work six months. He tells us to increase a month after that I preach and I walk away from there with $8,900 in my pocket. Mm. Like it's never happened before to me. It's never happened since, you know, but, but this was a supernatural response. And I told our congregation of the percentage of increase and it blessed our church so much. And it was, and people's response to that was just what you said. It was excitement. People were excited to give and not irrationally or disobediently. But if we can see the miraculous side of being obedient and walking by faith, it is supposed to affect the corporate body. So I love the statement of faith because it, like, like you just said, it absolutely highlights certain particular areas. And when that takes place, the body is blessed. And so in return, the congregation responds. And then in return, the body is blessed. And now we have this, the wheels are moving and we're just seeing the blessings of the Lord uh, poured out. And what I would say the way that it's supposed to be. So that would be a really great place for us to end, except that I do still want to ask you this last question, because I think that people get confused in the difference between this kind of sacrificial giving that we're talking about and the idea of prosperity doctrine. Can you talk about what's the difference and do we need to be concerned about veering off into prosperity doctrine? Yes, we do. Um, The concept that I am giving to get 
is prosperity. The difference between the concept of knowing, um, or excuse me, the difference between the concept of giving to get and knowing that the law is when I give, I will receive is, is the, is the boundary line for me. We don't give with an attitude that I'm giving this so that I will get better in return because the Bible says he's pressing it down. He's shaking it together and it's running over. And we don't give that way rather in obedience, which has been the key term here for this podcast, for me in obedience, when I give, I know that it is an investment and the return on that investment, however, the Lord sees fit, however he sees fit. I am going to be more blessed. I am going to be more blessed when I give than when I receive. I'm going to be more blessed because I, I, can, I, can, I can put my faith in a system that never fails. So yes, if we're not careful, it can be preached this way. It can be stated this way that, hey, give and it will come back to you. Give and it will come back to you. And if the attitude is, is that I'm giving, I'm giving to, to receive, then it's, then it's, we're falling into that area of prosperity. But if I know, I know that when I am called to give, the Lord will take care of his business. That's not prosperity. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I could listen to stories all day long of people who listen to the voice of God and then see his blessings come back in just the most creative ways and the most unexpected places. Like I just, it's the most fun to me. I love it so much. I'm so glad you came to talk to us about this. This has been fantastic. And I know it's gonna help somebody because I believe that there are people who want to have a heart to give, but they're, they've been concerned. And I think we've, I hope, but I believe that we've helped to answer some of the the most pressing questions that people have when it comes to this. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time to talk about it. Before you go, we have to ask you our final question of the show, which is always the same. And that is, what is a good question that you're asking yourself lately? Well, I ask myself hundreds of questions all the time, and (laughs) I am probably the most confused individual on the face of the planet because (laughs) I have a ton of questions and the answers are very few. Uh, But the pressing question that I can't get away from, and I think it drives, it's driving the way that I preach. It's driving the way that I, that I communicate. It's driving the way that I'm, I'm trying to live my life, whether that is uh, in my important relationships, my character and my integrity, whatever is how can I be a better Christian? Mm -hmm. That's what I just, I want to, in fact, let me just say, how can I be a Christian? I just want to be a Christian. And how can I be a Christian? That's my question, Jessica. What can I do to be a Christian? 21st century, the church today, like not just this local assembly, but within this, within this generation, how can I be a Christian? And that's, that's what's driving me. That's what's driving my study, really, on all the series that we're doing right now. It's what's driving those series. Um, they may be expressed differently, but how can I be a Christian? It might seem simple, but to me, there's a, it's a, it's a complex lifelong journey for me. And I'm, I'm trying to, to understand that better. So yeah, that's, what's, 
that's what's driving me. That's what's pressing in my spirit right now. That's a good one. You said it's it sounds simple, but it's the core of who we should all be trying to be. And sometimes we get wrapped up in everything else and don't remember to focus on what the main thing ought to be. So I like it. That's right. All right. Well, I appreciate you so much, you, your wife, the church. It's been it's just been great to be here. And um, so great to have you come and talk to our audience. Well, thank you for the opportunity. We love you all very much. I don't know about you, but talking about the blessings of God and how God honors our obedience when we give gets me fired up. It is such a boost to my faith. I want to give a special thanks to the extra voices that you heard in this episode, Leanna Cherry, Frank Jordan, David Short, and Kathy McCauley, who shared their testimonies, and Pastor Colby Peters leading the Church Today Statement of Faith. If you're listening and you're skeptical of all of this, I really want to encourage you, just try it. Back in part one, Pastor Longstreth referenced Malachi 3, and part of that passage is the Lord saying, test me, bring your tithes and your offerings, and just see if I won't pour out a blessing you don't even have room to contain. Every person who contributed to this episode is a witness that God honors His Word. And for every one of them, there are countless others who have experienced God's faithfulness as well. We didn't have space here to share all of the stories we received, but we will be sharing the rest on Instagram stories this week. And we want to start a chain reaction of testimonies about the goodness and provision of God. If you have your own story, I encourage you share it on social media. If you do, tag us so we can see it and then tag a friend or a loved one, someone you know has their own testimony and challenge them to share as well. I cannot wait to hear from all of you. If you're tagging us on social media, on Instagram, we are at Good Question Show and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. On Facebook, you can also tag our show page. Just search Good Question with Jessica Tanderup Podcast. If you want to share your story via email and have me share it on our social media, our email address is goodquestionshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media and is produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup. My co-producer, editor, and partner in giving is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week. We will be here next Tuesday with another good question. And let me tell you, it is one you don't want to miss. We'll see y'all then.